Well, today, today, today we actually have a, a um, he might be famous in some ways. He's a comedian from here, but he moved out to California to live the dream. And he has a story to share with you this morning about, about someone who is famous, more famous than anyone that's ever walked the face of the earth, and that's Jesus, right? I guarantee you if Jesus was here this morning in person, you would get as close as you could to him. I, I promise that'd be true. And we're going to talk about Jesus this morning, which is my favorite subject of all to talk about. But we had the opportunity to, um, to hear the, a testimony, a story about the difference Jesus makes in, in your life. And so, Billy, come on up, everyone. This is Billy Clifton. Give it up for Billy. <laughs> Billy, you got the stage. I'll get out of the way. There you go. I'm trying to keep it together, but I'm already back there crying, so... Um. It's crazy, I performed in front of thousands of people, and this hundred has me more nervous than I've ever been in my life. But uh, it's crazy because three months ago, Brady, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm going to try to keep it together. Three months ago, I went to the hospital for a routine physical at the VA in Los Angeles. And they tell me I got type 2 diabetes. You got to lose some weight. You got to lose some weight. I'm like, all right, that's great. They send me home with the medicine, and I get this weird pain in my back that I've never experienced before in my life, and I go back to the hospital, and I have a 10-millimeter kidney stone that's stuck in my kidney, and my kidney failed on me. I turned yellow, my urine backed up in my bladder, and they told me I was going to die. They're like, we don't know if we can save you. I end up in the hospital for 10 days, and I made it. I come out of that, but while I'm in the hospital... They start checking my body. I have lumps all over my body, and they can't figure out what they are, so they biopsy them. And they come back and tell me that I have breast cancer. I didn't even know guys could get breast cancer. I had no clue. I'm like, what? Like, how does that happen? I'm like, I don't know. I started thinking about how could that happen? Maybe it was junior high. I don't know. I didn't get one of those notes from mommy and daddy that said I didn't have to climb the rope. So uh, I don't know. I was a fat kid. I had to try to get up there. I wanted to ring the bell and do the little pull-up on the rafter, but about halfway up, slide back down, halfway up, slide back down. Maybe somebody didn't mop up the wrestling mat good enough. I don't know what caused it, but uh, I had it, and I'm scared. They tell me I'm going to go into surgery on August 26th. August 25th, I get a text. It's from Brady Rogers. This guy in my life, we've been friends since we were kids. And Brady texted me, he's like, hey, hey, Billy, you're on my mind tonight. Just want to see how you're doing. I text him back, I'm like, Brady, how do you know when to call me or get a hold of me? I go, do you have time to talk? He's like, absolutely. So I, he calls me, and I'm bawling. He's like, what's going on, Billy? And I'm like, I'm going to the hospital in the morning to get 17 lumps removed off my breast and my back. He goes, can I pray with you? I'm like, I don't think God hears my prayers anymore, Brady. I mean, I've made my life as a dirty comic, you know, dropping more F-bombs than anybody, you know. That's how I've made my money, you know. Brady's like, Billy, God's in your heart. I know since you were a kid that he's there. You've just been running from him. It's time that you wise up and let God have a grip on your life again. I'm like, Brady, I'll pray with you if you think that's what's going to help. And we prayed, and I went in the hospital the next day, and they removed all those lumps, and then we just had to wait for the results. And Brady and Carrie get on the phone with me, and they're like, we're praying for you every day. 
We're praying for positive results. I prepared myself to go back in, thinking I was going to start chemotherapy and radiation. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I walked in the hospital on September 5th, and the doctor's like, I, I can't explain this. I go, you can't explain what? He's like, well, you've lost 50 pounds in three months, and your diabetes is gone. I'm like, what? He's like, my readings on fasting were 311. Eating was 451. I, I, it was bad. I went in there, my reading was 93 fasting and 121 after I've eaten, which is a normal person reading. I'm like, he goes, you're done. Your diabetes is gone. He goes, we x he took me into x-rays. He goes, no more kidney stones. He goes, matter of fact, your kidneys look better than I've ever seen. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he goes, but this is a real shocker. He's like, those lumps we took out of you that we told you were cancer, they were just an abnormal lipoma called angiolipoma, and all 17 lumps came back negative. He goes, you got a clean bill of health, buddy. I'll see you in three months. And uh, my wife couldn't make it with me to the hospital that day because she had to work. And I walk out of the hospital, I'm like, I called Brady first. I didn't even call my wife. I go, Brady, I know I probably should be calling my wife, but I said, I got to call you. I said, you're not, you're not going to believe this. I said, everything came back negative. It's completely gone. I have scars. I'm going to have scars the rest of my life. But I said, I can't explain this. And Brady's like, it's God. And I'm like, you know what? It's got to be. It's, it's got to be a miracle. And I don't know how to preach to people, and I don't know, like, you know, anything like that. But I found a verse that's very true to me, and it's Psalms 30, verse 2. And it says, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you healed me. The Lord does heal your heart. If you come to him, when you're at your rock bottom, I make it a really good living, but three months of me not working, is, it, it, it killed my family, killed, I mean, everything. And I'm on my knees going, my God, why are you putting me through this, you know? And I guess it's so I can be standing here today. Hopefully, you know, I'm from this town. It's good to be back home. The, you guys can see that God is real. He's, he's real, you know? I used to, you know, I... You get angry, I served in the military, and things happen in your life that you get angry, and you get angry at God, and you want to blame him for stuff. And it's not his fault. He's just challenging you. And he wants to see that he puts you down on the bottom where you got no place to look but up. And that's when God's standing there, and he's like, just trust me. Just trust me. I've, these last three months, I can't even begin to tell you the things that have been going on. I'm a celebrity advisor for a group called the American Soldier Network. And I get to work directly with some really big names. And I, we had a benefit. I told Brady about this. We had this benefit just to raise money for the American Soldier Network. And Rusty Coons from Sons of Anarchy, if you guys watched that show, was there. This guy is six foot seven inches tall, tattooed from head to toe, was in prison for eight years. Scary. And I'm standing there, I'm just scared of this guy. But they make us start talking to each other. And uh, he goes, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm the president of the Hells Angels, Los Angeles chapter, Orange County chapter. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Uh, that's good for you. But we start talking. He's like, I found God in prison. He goes, and I'm trying to change the Hell's Angels, get them a better name. You know, we just want to protect and serve the people, you know. He goes, it's not about all this drug running and everything. And I'm like, he goes, you know what? Annie was telling me about your story. You want to pray? We're on a red carpet. Camera's going off. And this six-foot-seven-inch guy puts his hands on my shoulder and just starts praying. And I'm like, Really? 
God's in this guy too? It's like you can't judge a book by its cover. It's crazy, you know? And I'm just like, little things have been happening and happening. And it's like, I'll call Brandon, I'm like, eh, I just lost this gig. You know, they're go- you know, and Brady's like, that's all right. Another one will come around. And it's like, little by little, it's like, I, I just got to listen to you, buddy, because every time he says it, it's like, boom, this happens, this happens, this happens. And it's like, it, it's crazy. I was literally leaving to drive. I drove in in my Prius, not to, you know, I'm bragging or anything, but uh, <laughs> I forget I'm in a Prius sometimes, and I, I think I'm still a good old boy from here, and it's like, you can't get road rage through the Rockies in a Prius. I'm just saying, you, <laughs> you just get out of the car and kick your own butt. That's really what has to happen, because it's uh, crazy, but... Uh, I don't know, man. I was leaving to come here to L.A., and it's like I, I stopped just to make a little bit of money to help with gas, and there was a lady, and I was just telling Brady the story. I've, I've never really got to lead anybody to the Lord. I don't even really know what that's all about. I don't, I don't know the Bible verses to quote and stuff like that. But this lady's phone rings in this lobby filled with more people than this, and she starts crying hysterically. And I'm like, man, I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm in the bad part of Los Angeles. You know, and I'll be honest, I was given plasma just to make some gas money. I mean, that's where it was at. And I just felt compelled to go over to this lady and talk to her. And I'm like, are you all right? And she's like, my nephew suffers from PTSD. And they were actually taking him to the hospital. And he jumped out of the back end of the ambulance and got hit by a truck on the 101 in Los Angeles. I'm like, are you serious, lady? And I'm like, I didn't know what to say to her. I'm like, "Can, can I just pray with you. I said, I've got some weird stuff going on in my life right now. And I said, I just feel like maybe we should just give this up to God. And we started praying. I put my hand on her shoulder. This lady's crying. I'm the only white person in this place. And it's not about black, white or anything like that. But it's like, there's gang members and everything in this place looking at me like, why is this guy touching this lady who obviously has had a very hard life? I don't know what she's done, you know, whatever. But we just started praying. She started crying. She's like, you know, my grandmother tried to lead me to the Lord when I was younger. And I told her, you, you old lady, you don't know what you're talking about. She's like, but there's something about you. She's like, I just want God in my heart. And we stood there in this place and prayed. And I'm like, God, I want to pray for her nephew. And I want to pray for her that she can find you like I'm trying to find you. You know, he's there. He's there. And she right there in front of everybody accepted the Lord into her heart. And it was awesome. It was an awesome feeling. But um, I don't want to take a lot of you guys' time. I just want to say that if you're struggling with anything, finances, your marriage, alcohol, it doesn't matter. I'm realizing that God loves you no matter what. No matter what you do, he's there. And he just wants to get a grip on your heart. Give your life to him. Just give it over. Like I said, that Bible verse says God will heal you. And he will. He'll heal everything about you. I'm living testimony. I'm here. They told me I was going to die, and I didn't. And I think it's for a reason. I think it's for I could be here right here today just to talk to you fine people. Guys, I'm Will C. Thank you so much for letting me talk. Now you know why we wanted him to share his story and, and the message of the story about Jesus. I love Jesus. I love thinking about him. I love imagining what like he looks like. I imagine what it would be like if he was just standing next to me. Like when I'm in a group of people praying, I always imagine Jesus standing in the circle um, with his hands stretched out, just touching all of the heads. And so I want to pray for you right now, just with that of Jesus standing right next to you, and he puts his hand 
on your head like a, like a grown-up to a, a little boy or a little girl. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. And I pray right now that we would allow you to touch us. We would not pull our head away feeling like we're unworthy or unlovable. But instead, we would allow you, Jesus, to touch us. To heal the hurt places in our life. Heal the, um, the thoughts in our mind and the wounds in our hearts. And, the, and, and heal the past of where our feet have taken us, God. God. Jesus, would you just make yourself real to us today? You are famous, Jesus, and we want to get close to you. And let us not be afraid to draw close to you. Let us just cling to you this, this day. We praise you and we thank you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you, uh, speaking of this Jesus, I want to encourage you to try to make uh, the tabernacle experience that has been being um, put on by the First Baptist Church here in town. It's out on Highway 371 across from the ball fields. It's, uh, you go out there and you can't miss it. It's like this tent, this huge like compound area where you, you go in and they give you an iPod and you put it in, you put your earphones on and it takes you through 50 minutes of experiencing God in a powerful way. It's $5. It's the best $5 you can spend. I want to encourage you to go through that if you can. It's here for the next week, I believe. You go on to the First Baptist Church website and you can, uh, you can go right on. It'll give you a link. You can sign up for a time. You go out there, pay your money. They give you a ticket. And you go th- I went through it on Friday, and I just worship Jesus. Every, there's nine stations that you go through, and it just points you to Jesus, every single one of them. This will take this message this morning and just seal it in your heart if you take the opportunity over the next few days to do that. They didn't pay me to give that advertisement, though they could if they wanted to. So. I just want to say this. I want to say this right now. I just want to get this out of the way before I get any, go any further. When we take, the, take communion at the end of the service, this is what it's going to look like. There are envelopes on the end of each aisle. And I want to, matter of fact, if you could right now, let's go ahead and just make sure everybody has an envelope. Just take one, pass it down. If we have extras, hold them up because there might be some few people that didn't get one. All right, everyone needs an envelope. And you're going to use this envelope at the end as part of the worship service. And I'm going to ask you to write inside the cover of the envelope, just like I've done, one word, one word that you need Jesus to touch you in your life. Like if it's fear, doubt, anger, whatever, one word that you need to give to Jesus this morning and allow you to touch that place in your life. When you go back to get your cup and your bread, you're going to place the sealed, you're going to seal it. Now the good news is, is it's going to taste yucky at first, but then when you get the grape juice, it's all going to go away. So Jesus takes care of all that too, even the bad tastes in our mouth. That, that was an extra thing I threw in there for you. Yeah, so, so you're going to write that and you're going to place it in the basket and, then, and, and, and I'm not going to look, I'm not going to unseal these. I'm not worthy to do that. I'm, we're just going to leave them in the basket and I'll, I'll get rid of them later. Also, I just really feel compelled to do this. And 
this is um, the first time I've ever done this in the weeks that we've been meeting, but also in that basket, I want you, if you have the means and you're able to, I want you to put a love offering in that basket and we're going to give it to Billy today, all right? We're going to bless him today. That's That's what the church does. The church blesses others. And you're thinking, does Billy take a debit card? Maybe he does. I don't know. Does Billy take checks? Probably. <laughs> he probably would if you, need, if, you, if you wanted to give him. Whatever it is, you just, whatever God puts on your heart, if you can't give, that's fine. If you can give for the other person you can't, then do that too. And we'll do that at the end of the... Uh... All right, I want to read to you. I want to read to you what it is that we have written down, the things that we believe um, as a church about Jesus. It's not all-inclusive, but this is, some, this is some highlights here. We believe that Jesus Christ is fully God and truly man. He existed from the beginning with the Father. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins according to the Scriptures. He arose from the grave on the third day and appeared to over 500 people on the same day. He ascended to heaven at the right hand of the Father as high priest and advocate for his people. He will come again to the earth personally, visibly, and bodily to judge the living and the dead and to complete history in the internal plan of God. He is the world's only Savior and is the Lord of all. That'll preach all in itself right there. Just take this home, read this, look up, look up the scriptures that, that are given, look up the scriptures that, that testify that this is true, and it'll, it'll tell you what you need to know about Jesus. I've said this often, this is a quote that I use a lot, I am just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can change anybody. And that anybody is me and you. And we know. And if we don't know yet, we will know that Jesus can change us. And He wants to change us. He wants us to love greater than we love right now. He wants us to be more free of our sin than we are free right now. And even in the last few weeks, I've had encouraging conversations with people who are much older than me, and they're still seeking Jesus. They're still seeking the healing and the forgiveness and the love and the relationship with Jesus. Like you don't get to some point where you've got enough of Jesus. You still need him every single day. It's an incredible, incredible thought. Like he's the one thing that you need more of each and every day of your life. Growing up, there was a picture in our living room of Jesus. And I I couldn't find what I thought was the exact picture. Otherwise, I was going to have Zach put it up here on the screen. But but it's this picture, and the way Jesus, is just his head with his flowing, like kind of curly hair, and the way he's positioned, it's like his eyes are always on you. I was always so creeped out by that. You know, I'd be sitting on the couch, and Jesus was watching me. <laughs> then I was like, well, I'll move over to the chair. He's still watching me. Well, if I'm in my bedroom, he can't see me because he's in the living room. But then my mom blew my mind when she said, no, Brady, Jesus is everywhere. Oh, he is? Everywhere? Like, he's with me on my date with my girlfriend? Oh, yeah, sitting right next to you. I wish that would have scared me more when I was younger. But it's a reality to me now, for sure. Like, Jesus is everywhere. Does anybody have a picture like that in their home? Like, like this? yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's, his eyes are 
everywhere. It reminds me of a joke, but I don't have time, and I want to, Billy's the comedian. I'm just the preacher, all right? We'll, we'll be a tag team. We'll just go together. That'd be awesome. You set them up, I'll knock them down, all right? Perfect. <laughs> Growing up, standing next to my mom in church was an opportunity for me to experience Jesus because she loved to sing. And I remember, I remember her singing this song, and it was odd today, or not today, a couple days ago, I was here at the Y exercising, and this old, older gentleman that I see all the time, he was like, uh, hey, I'm walking the track today, I'm listening to Alan Jackson's gospel CD. You know that one? I was like, yeah, Alan, that's some good stuff, you know? Anybody know Alan Jackson's gospel CD? A few of you, <laughs> a few of the younger people can admit that they, yeah, I know that. He, was, he goes, I love that song, the one about, um, I love to tell the story. I was like, oh, and it came to my mind. Isn't it amazing? I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings like nothing else can do. The story about Jesus. So, this week, I've had the opportunity to have one of the photojournalists that were here in town follow me around for a few days, follow our family around, take some pictures. What a great honor to have her in our home. Now, speaking of famous, I felt a little famous for a few days because I had my own personal paparazzi with me. It was, it was great. Like everywhere I go, I was like striking a pose, you know? Yeah, this is my best side. No, my hair side right here. This is my best side. Um, and she's like, no, 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 we can't stage. You just do natural things. It'll all just be the, your shadow. And she was hanging around, taking pictures of me and my family. On Friday morning, she had to be done by noon. And I said, well, I don't really have anything planned. I said, well, let's just go down to Starbucks because that's part of what I do. <laughs> and uh, by the way, my gift cards are getting low. If you ever feel compelled to bless me again, just let me know, all right? <laughs> Throw those in the baskets too. Gift cards are mine, Billy. <laughs> Cash is yours, all right? You have not because you ask not, so I always ask. <laughs> so, um, so I said, let's go down to Starbucks, and I said, her name is Anna. I said, Anna, I said, there's something that I, that I really want to talk to you about, and I, and I cannot miss the opportunity to share this with you before you leave. Now, she was able to come this morning just for a few minutes to say goodbye, and I unfolded the good news of Jesus Christ to her. And she said, Brady... Nobody has ever talked to me about Jesus. She goes, I would go to church occasionally in the Catholic church in Spain, but the priests were very distant, untouchable, unaccessible. But you are different than that because you're accessible. I can touch you. I can, you're not perfect. Yeah, she's, she saw me try to change the oil in my car. That's a whole other story. I'm not perfect, all right? And she, um, she goes, I like that about you, that you're, not, you're real. She goes, I've never heard anybody talk about Jesus. She goes, I have a lot to think about. I said, yes, you do. I said, because this story is the most important story you will ever cover in your life. Well, how is it possible to complete the story of the most influential person in the world <laughs> in 20 minutes? Well, it's, it's impossible, really. I mean, I could share of the numerous prophecies about Jesus that were fulfilled in the Old Testament. 400 different prophecies given, completely fulfilled by Jesus. Every single one of them. And the odds of something like that happening are impossible. There's just no way that could happen. But Jesus made it happen. I can unpack for you the events of Jesus' birth. 
it's incredible. For, un, for unto us a child is born, right? For unto us a, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders. Sound familiar, right? You've heard this before. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's found in Isaiah chapter 9. I could do that, but you know what? We'll get to that in December. That's coming up. I could share just a few of Jesus' miracles. We just heard of a real life one this morning. So I don't even have to do that today because you just heard one. But you could read in scripture about all the lives that Jesus touched, all the people, all the lives that he altered, and he changed their, not only their today, but he changed their tomorrow. I could speak for the next several weeks on each one of the I am statements found in the book of John. Things like I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for my sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life, which is one of my favorite ones to share at a funeral. I am the true vine. And and one of the last ones that is probably as controversial as what I talked about last week when you say, in the beginning, God created, and you have to deal with that. Did God create? And if he did, what does that mean for me? If he created me, what is my responsibility to him? This last I am statement, or one of the last one is, is this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. And that separates what it is that we believe from so many other people who say, wait, how can you say, how can you be so narrow-minded that Jesus is the only way? That's what we believe is to be true. That's what Scripture says. He's given evidence to that. And Jesus says no one comes to the Father but through putting your faith and your trust and him. And that's what I was sharing with Anna. I was like, Anna, you can be a good person. You can do a lot of great things. You can go and serve and help a lot of people, and that would be wonderful. We should do those things, but that is not enough to get you to God. You have to put your trust in Jesus. And what about in John 8, 58, when Jesus says these words, very truly I tell you, which by the way, Jesus will always tell you the truth. Don't you wish you knew somebody that would just always tell you the truth. Like, you know whatever comes out of their mouth is true. You never have to wonder or doubt. That's parents long for that from their kids. Just tell me the truth, <laughs> the whole story. <laughs> Jesus answered this. He says, before Abraham was born, I am. Those, that phrase, those words, ego a me, I existed before. In the beginning, I was there. I was with God. I am God. I was there in the beginning. I've always been. And all things were created through me. I was there. And those words were controversial. (laughs) And got Jesus, obviously, in a lot of trouble. He tried to kill him right then, right right after he said him. Because he he was saying, I am God. With skin on, in the flesh. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And just to give you a segue to next week's sermon, if you want to know what Jesus looks like, then look at me. Not me personally, but yeah, me personally. Look at you. Look at you because the Spirit of God lives in you and we're supposed to be Jesus to the world. That's what I wanted Anna to see. Anna, I don't want you to see me as a pastor. I want you to see Christ in me. Because if you just come to know me, that's great, but you're leaving and we can only stay in touch by Facebook. But if you come to know Jesus, he's with you wherever you go and he'll be with you till the, till the end of the age. And that will matter more than anything else. All right, let's look at what the Bible says. Colossians chapter one. It's a New Testament. 
First, Second Corinthians. Look at Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. Paul writing a letter. He's writing a letter to a church. And this is what he says in the letter about Jesus. Colossians 1, verse 15. 15 through 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him for Him. Which, by the way, that includes you and me. You were created through Him for Him. That's the purpose, that you exist. Jesus is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, and He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Hebrews chapter 1. Just turn to your right a little bit more in the New Testament. You find a little book, Philemon, you don't pass by it, you actually see it. Good job. It's like passing through my little hometown that I grew up in. You just go right through it, don't even see it. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. And at many times and in various ways, but in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Two incredible passages of scriptures um, on who Jesus is. But I want to finish with this before we share our time. I want you to be thinking about what you're going to be writing on that piece of paper, writing on that envelope. And it's going to be an opportunity to, to give it to Jesus, to worship Worship him because, because the last thing I want to share with you about Jesus is that he is worthy. He is worthy. He's worthy of our time and our attention. He's worthy to be the most important thing in our life. He's worthy to be the center point of our families. He's worthy to be the reason why you go to work in the morning. The reason why you... Go through some of the difficult things you go through because he is worthy, because he understands your suffering. He know, he, he gets it. He's been there. He understands your temptation. He was tempted in all ways, it says, but yet without sin. Jesus is the only one that I know that is worthy of all those things. Revelation chapter 5. So go on to the right a little bit more. Eventually we'll run out of scripture. <laughs> well, and then we'll start over again. Revelation chapter 5. 
this is a this is an incredible picture of of what is to come and it describes Jesus in it with a couple different uh, words here but one of the things that it calls Jesus in this is that Jesus is a lamb the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and if you go into this tabernacle experience it will speak about the sacrifice that Jesus was worthy to go and offer himself as a sacrifice it's powerful powerful imagery but this is what it says in Revelations chapter 5 this is John is having this this vision and he's he's recording what it is that God allows him to see it says then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne that is God a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God, sent out into all of the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests and to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voices of many angels, numbering thousands upon ten thousand, or, or upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and on, the, and on the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise, and honor, and glory, and power, forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down, and they worshipped. This is the Jesus that we worship today. This is the Jesus who is worthy to take whatever it is that you think is too much for you to handle. He is the one who will take it. He is the one who wants to take it. He's waiting for you to give it to him. And for some, you might just want to write my life or life because you, maybe that's what you need to give him today is your life. So I put my trust in you. I want to give you myself, your health, finance, whatever it is. Write it down and then seal it in the envelope because Jesus is the one who's worthy to take it. So the, the team's going to come and we're going to do a song.
And so this opportunity is for you to think about this moment. Think about what it is that you want to write down. What do you want to offer the Lord? And isn't it kind of neat that we can give ourselves broken and whatever to him and Jesus say, here's my body and here's my blood given to you and we can remember what he's done for us. And so what we'll do is um, we'll start at the front and we'll come to the center and you walk back, grab a cup, grab some bread and then come back around and stay standing and when everybody has their bread and their juice, then we'll take the Lord's Supper together. But remember, take your envelope. If you're able to, to bless Billy today, place all that, all that goes in the basket and, uh, and allow this to be an opportunity to worship the Lord. So when the music starts, when you're ready, go to the center and on back. Well, while they're grabbing those pieces, obviously Jesus was with his disciples and he transformed the Passover meal into this, this time that we celebrate today. And he, he took his, the bread and he broke and he gave thanks, saying this was his body broken for you, broken for me. And then after, this, after that, he took the, uh, the cup and this was the new covenant in his blood. It's a powerful sign of redemption. And so... Take this body and eat it in thankfulness to him. And then, like I said, in the same way after supper, he took the cup. He said, this, this cup is the new covenant. This is the uh, symbol of his blood being shed on the cross for you and me. So take and drink. We will come to the center aisle. So pass your cups to the center aisle and we'll collect them. One of the great things about starting a church together is we're all learning together, so we're growing together. And I wanted to just want to thank you guys for being here this morning. But these, the offerings that you gave, the not only obviously the financial offering, but the um, the gift of whatever it is that you surrendered to Jesus today, Jesus is worthy to take it. Believe that He is. And keep giving it to Him. Keep giving yourself to Him daily. Um, and you won't regret it. It would be the best thing that you could ever possibly do. Um, I want to continue to encourage you if, you. if God's doing something in your life and you need to process that and talk more about it, get a hold of me. Uh, I want to hear your story. I want to know what God's doing in your life. That's, that's why we're here. That's why I'm, where we're in this community. Um, we do have an opportunity, obviously, as you leave. We'll have the offering baskets there. Um, and if you say, well, you know what, the money I was going to give to the church I gave to Billy, that's okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But if you have come prepared to give, to support the work that we're doing right here in this community, we'd love for you to do that as you leave. If you're a guest, please fill out the card before you leave today. I love that. I love to know how to get a hold of you and write, write you a note and say thanks for being here. So let me pray for you. Father, we are grateful that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to hold on to, but he left heaven and he came to earth to be born as a child. He did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life for us right here today. We are the, the anybody's that this somebody wants to, 
to rescue. And so we praise you for that. God, I pray a blessing upon these people today as they go. May they be filled with your love. May they know that, Jesus, you're always walking right next to them with your hand on their shoulder, with your hand on their head, blessing them. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.